Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 185 of Smart Enough to Know Better. We are a podcast of science and comedy and most definitely ignorance. <laughs> I'm Dan Beeston. And I am Greg Wall. Why do you constantly draw out this intro? They've heard it 185 times now, Greg. You don't have to make them special. You don't have to. You do it. You do it at the end with the email addresses. I'm Dan at Smart Enough to and you're like, I'm Greg at Smart Enough to. It's it's irritating, and I try to edit it out most of the time because I'm a professional. Can Dan. we just get through? I just the boring bit. I just get up to the interesting bit. I just want to be professional and and bring them on board with my excitement of what's about to come, Dan. That's all it is. That's just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't want to be professional. I, I'm sorry that after all these years, you just want to shoot them out of the production line of podcasts. But but I'm an artiste. Ow. Dan, I'm an artiste. Dare you. I, I How dare bespoke, you? Bespoke, Dan. Is this, is this the end How of the podcast? What's going on? <laughs> dare you bring some sort of argument against my dedication to artisanal podcast making? Well, I think, Dan, you should stay quiet for a while and just learn something. Fine. I'm fine. If you into astronomy and you read all the exciting journal articles about it you would have seen normally stories about the biggest or the most energetic or the furthest away or the brightest it's always these superlatives that's what the stories are about but if you work in astronomy or astronomy adjacent you hear more about journals that constrain things we now know that that the the size of the galaxy must be between this range or the, the atom must be this big or the amount of energy wasn't 10 times as much as only eight times as much as we thought before it's always these constraining things very rarely is it something new very rarely is it something unexpectedly unexpected an unknown unknown and that's why i'm really excited to be chatting to Dr. Natasha Hurley-Walker, about something which I don't think has ever been seen before. And honestly, we can, for the first time, I feel comfortable saying scientists are baffled. Oh, Dr. my God. <laughs> <laughs> we, we really generally hate that term. But yes. thank you. Thank I know. You. I realize. I'm sorry. As I said it, that was, I'm, <laughs> oh. Boffin's baffled. Boffin's oh. baffled again. So, Dr. Natasha Hilly Walker from the International Center for Radio Astronomy Research at Curtin University, you have discovered something very weird. That's right. Yep. Totally unexpected, as you say. It's a new kind of radio transient. Now, that sounds kind of boring, but imagine. It's, it sounds. I'm, I'm picturing a hobo with an 80s boombox. <laughs> Just going by on a freight train. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. A little bit like that, actually. Oh. I'm kind of picturing that now. That's probably what it would have sounded like if we were listening. So, so, so <laughs> I'm doing these big surveys of the sky with radio telescopes. One of the ones that I use is the Murchison Widefield Array out in Outback Western Australia. Great site, very low radio frequency interference. So no one's can- there. Like, well, it's, it's... people of the Murchison would disagree. <laughs> I did once say, because oh. it's basically mm. empty, mm. that is not true. Lots of people in the Murchison, and they're actually extremely patient, wonderful people, okay. because we ask them very politely to switch off their mobile phones, and mm. they do. So that allows us to actually okay. use the radio telescope. So thank you, people of the Murchison, 
please don't cancel us. You are there and you are valid. And thank you for supporting Radio Astronomy. Anyway, so we're doing these big sky surveys with these radio telescopes. So as you say, we're looking out there for things like the biggest cosmic explosion, which we found a, a couple of years ago. And we are looking for distant clusters of galaxies smashing into each other and stars exploding and all this sort of stuff. We know these things are out there and that's what we're looking for. But I recently came into some funding, don't worry, not off the back of a truck awarded in a merit-based process. Um, I wasn't worried, but now that you've mentioned that, I am worried. (laughs) Some some very, very (laughs) above the board. And why am I saying it like this? Every time you say it, it worse and worse. The lady does protest too much. Anyway, (laughs) so I've got some funding. Don't ask. No. And I I guess it's because it's embarrassing, right? It's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a good funding. And so Mm. I feel like I'm a little bit pretentious saying it, Mm. right? But I won an Australian Research Council Future Fellowship to do one of these big surveys. And there's a whole lot of science in the proposal, all the things that we know we're going to find, it's going to be amazing, folks. And then right at the end, there's like a little sentence like, and also, you know, we might find something that we didn't expect to see. That would be yeah. cool too. Like like aliens, et cetera. Whoa. You know, like, you know, just wait. Just oh, wait. Oh, oh, okay. Don't oh. jump the gun. Okay, hang on. Listeners, listeners, ignore that. Oh, it's like, ignore that. <laughs> so we're doing this big survey. And I've got, you know, all the projects lined up and I've gone over this with my boss. Okay, these are the projects we're going to do this year. But also I've got a fun idea and I've got this plan, right? We come back to the sky multiple times in order to build up a picture, a really, really deep picture of the sky. So I've got this idea. How about instead of stacking all of that data together, we subtract some of the data from the other data in the same part of the sky? So we look at the difference between observations okay, right? and that would tell us if there's anything changing. Mm. Now at these frequencies, these are really low frequencies, like about the same as FM radio, 72 to 231 megahertz oh, to be my, precise. My favorite channel. Yeah. It's a great channel. <laughs> Very. Um, I, think, I think it sounds many like this. Yeah, pretty much. It's slightly louder at the low end. Um, <laughs> Hang on. So they're very low. <laughs> you need Can I get to... <laughs> oh that was pretty good that was that was a nice vibe thank you okay excellent so unlike that signal when we started analyzing these signals right we weren't expecting to see anything we weren't expecting to find anything because at these frequencies the sky is largely static mm. a star that exploded a hundred thousand years ago you know, that shockwave, it's not changing a lot. It mm. looks basically the same today as it did tomorrow, as it will, and so forth and so yeah. on. Because space so, is big. Space is really big. It, <laughs> it's, it shouldn't be evolving quickly, right? These are yeah. okay. big spaces, big things. It takes time for light to travel across a big mm. object. And so objects are basically, if something changes in a year, then it's at at biggest a light year across. Okay. Right? So every, every, you can kind of constrain the size of objects by how quickly they're changing. Spoilers. So we are not expecting to see anything. And I supervised a really great undergraduate student for his final year project. Uh, his name's Tyrone O'Doherty. And so this was just like an undergrad, bit of fun, see what happens, give you some code. Here's the supercomputer, off you go. And this was 2020. So what a time yeah, yeah. to be doing poetry <laughs> science. Sure. Uh, yeah. Started the project in high hopes. And then, yeah. you know, there may have been some tears, not entirely all Tyrone's. <laughs> it was tough. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. But we got to the end of the project and 
un- just unbelievably, mm. right? We'd, we'd, he'd managed to go through about 24 hours of data from the Murchison Widefield Array. Not all taken at the same time, but just mm. that was about the quantity. And he found something. He found this thing that had, was there in like March 2018, but it mm. wasn't there in May 2018. So he found a thing. And it was cool. I was like, okay, there's a thing here and then it's gone again. Can I, sorry, Dr. Natasha, can I break in for a moment? Can I, I, we've talked to other radio astronomers recently and they keep telling us how they then, they discovered the sun or they Ah. discovered, they discovered the moon. (laughs) I just want to, I just want to assure the listeners, you're not going to tell us you turned out that you were looking at a satellite or something like that or. Well, of course, that is what I assumed. Right. So I I supervised another undergrad a few years ago and he found Jupiter. Right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We know about Jupiter, not in fact a discovery. Mm. So that was, of course, like the first thing we did was, Mm. okay, where's the moon? Where's Mm -hmm. the moon in this observation? Because it's probably just the moon reflecting some radio signals back at us. And that's probably all it is. Oh, moon's actually nowhere near this this, uh, observation. Good, good. Okay. Where are the planets? Jupiter? Oh, no. Okay. Saturn? Nope. Okay, everything is not inside this field of view. Mm. Huh, okay. All right, well, what about airplanes? Mm -hmm. Uh, What about satellites? And so when you've got this one unusual source and one observation, it doesn't tell you much, right? You need to start looking at how it's changing. Okay. So I looked at the observations around the detection, right? And what I was expecting to see was something that was changing really slowly. So like on these cosmic timescales of like Mm. weeks to months to years, that it would be basically static Mm. on the timescale of a day or two. Yeah. I literally looked two minutes later, gone. Two minutes later. Two minutes later, just gone. Just completely. Nothing there. The rest of the sky looks completely the same. You've got the beautiful Mm. like galaxy. You've got some remains of exploded stars. You've got some distant radio galaxies, all the same. But this bright source that in the middle that my student had found just had vanished. Right. So that's when I figured, okay, it's not Jupiter. It's not the moon. We've mm. just done something wrong. Mm. You know, that yeah. happens. We make it's an mistakes. error somewhere or something. Or in the yeah, data yeah. Or it's like, like a, that, or... there's these sources that get aliased in. It's someone like, uh, someone at the Murchison switched on their, their uh, they microwave. texted someone and they, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you were detecting. I, I, uh, I, I can neither confirm nor deny that people use these text messages, but generally it seems that they don't. Mm. So anyway, so, so, so I just assumed we've done something wrong, you know, that this, these things happen, right? It was a shame because it was a good, interesting, bright source. It was like, wow, this is hella bright. Like maybe it is just a mobile phone. That's, that's a shame. So I had already downloaded like an hour of data because I was going to look at how this source like would be maybe slowly changing mm. or would change as a function of frequency, which tells astronomers uh, kind of about the physics that's okay. producing the radio waves. So I kept looking, you know, I'd already downloaded the data, I'll just keep processing it. And, oh my God, you know, hold on to my seat, like just incredible. It came back. Right. And uh, so it was there and then yeah. it was just nothing. And then 18 minutes later, it came back okay. at the same frequency. Okay. And this is when it got kind of scary because like I was switching frequencies in between these observations. Hmm. Uh, we do that in order to cover the full frequency range, of the telescope. And, you know, something that is only emitting at a single frequency hmm. and is doing so in a way that is unlike any other natural radio mm, source, mm, mm. is a signal that people are looking for. Y- yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is that- so that thought goes through your mind of, is, is this 
an this actual is the moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is this a signal? Are these aliens? That, yes. My God. Yeah. yeah. And and so of course Did you I race like... out under a dish and put in your headset and <laughs> well, plug it in, what? plug it into like Jodie Foster in because I've got a bicycle rather than a convertible. Right. So it's really mm. difficult to like lie mm. on the bicycle with yeah, the headphones <laughs> on. So I was like, maybe it would be better to look at some more data before sure. I go and no, hire fair. a convertible and drive that's out fine. to the But that's a good reason. Next time you get funding, you have to put down the bottom know, right? money for a convertible. You need to have a convertible. Yeah. The discovery process would have been a lot faster, Bill, so, you know, would have been a lot easier. Lacking a convertible, <laughs> I turned back to my handy supercomputer mm-hmm. and kept processing data and expecting, okay, so we've made a mistake and it's happened twice, right? Mm. We've made this calibration error because Otherwise, I'm seeing a narrowband signal. I'm seeing a mm. repeating radio source in the sky that's come back twice and it's got the same frequency. Like, this is terrifying. I, and my heart was literally hammering. I was <laughs> yeah. quite nervous because, you know, so it, I, I don't even know what the first contact procedure is. Like, I <laughs> <laughs> work on SETI. Yes. So, yeah. uh, was that like, sure, call rings, ScoMo? Yeah, like, you have to ring someone. Probably on holiday. Yeah, you have to... <laughs> Indeed. Sorry, am I allowed to say no, that? No, no, no. Look, hey, everyone can apply what they want from that. I don't, I don't <laughs> mind. Um, yeah, you, guess, you, have to, you have to ring someone. You have to ring. Yeah, like, I don't know, they, they always seem to have, they always go, sir or ma'am, we've discovered a thing. And you know, you're like, there's a number. Like, you, yeah. you know to call. Like, I don't have that number. What? I'm like processing more data while Googling. Yeah. What to do if you accidentally discover aliens? Like, I don't know. I am not a crackpot. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, that would have been that would have been a, a problem as well. Make sure I send this from my work email. Yes, yes. So so I did have a moment of like pure like bottom falling out of the world, like, mm. well, that's the end of my career as I know it, possibly mm. my life as I know it. <laughs> you know, just crazy. Because yeah. I found life as we don't know it. Kept searching through the data and I guess two things you know good and bad so good thing i found the signal again that's so okay it, right that's and exciting. Eight, 18 minutes away 18 again minutes again uh, that's so, so weird back 18 minutes really spooky that's like it's just not i'm starting bad. to picture these aliens as having yeah. like nine fingers and thumbs like they're they're because <laughs> they, they count in base nine or something like that and you know there's i'm trying to work out what they would yeah. I will get into the amount of numerology emails I've received. Oh, so, no, really? Like, so when we get to the public response, but oh, oh my goodness. Okay. I found it again 18 <laughs> minutes later. So three signals, right? So two, you know, one could be a mistake. Two is yep. careless. Three is like, <laughs> oh, okay, this is a real yep. thing. This is actually a real thing. As James and, Bond says, three, third yeah. time is enemy action. Ah. That's, that's the, that doesn't help okay. you. Yeah, yeah. Well, in this case, because I found it at a different frequency. Oh, okay. It meant. Okay, all all idea of this being a, a possibly artificial source is kind of goes out the window. So yeah, okay. to, you to ex- you didn't find it. You didn't like say in radio frequencies, Doctor Natasha. Yes, <laughs> we are aliens. You know that sort of stuff. That would have been pretty cool. Have you got a <laughs> problem? You know my yes. You know my yeah. name. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Well, then it would have been a whole three body problem scenario, yes. mm. and that would have been also cool, but much yeah. more existentially yeah. worrying. Yeah, and everyone um, everyone needs to read those books. We'll, I'll put them in the links. Yeah. yeah, show notes. So so I found it at a different frequency. And 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 the thing is, you can't have, well, okay, maybe, potentially, uh, you could, for some reason, create an incredibly powerful energy source and beam meaningless static out at 18-minute intervals hmm. across all the range of frequencies that you could possibly do it. 
the powers involved, the sort of energy mm. that mm. you need to send that kind of signal would be absolutely unbelievably enormous. Yeah. And also, you know, it, it kind of makes communication impossible. So yeah. the, the point of doing a narrow band signal is two, two really important reasons. One, you don't expect to see them in the natural world. So mm. it's very obviously some kind of communication. Yeah. Two, it's incredibly power efficient. So you can send for the same amount of power that you put in, you can send a signal way further, you can direct it, so you can make it a much more useful way of communicating. Yeah. I have, again, coming to public people, public response a little bit early, but people have been like, oh, but it could be aliens. They're just pretending to be a natural looking object. <laughs> sure. And I'm kind of like, yeah, you yeah. can use that argument about like yeah. literally anything. That's like their couch at home. It's, I know. It's actually an alien. My office chair. It's, yeah, yes. it's, an, it's alien. an alien. It's, it's just pretending to be an office chair. Yeah. 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 So it's a kind of like aliens <laughs> of the gaps philosophy. Yeah. So sure, sure, everybody. <laughs> Sure, it could be aliens pretending to be a perfectly natural-looking object and doing perfectly natural-looking things, but yeah, it's a it's a bad argument, right? And also, so, I mean, I, I like to say for the listeners, I just like to point out, most of you have never met me, and uh, and I very, very, very easily could be an alien. How would you know? How would you know? How? And let's face it, it would make a lot of sense in a lot of ways. Honestly, we could all be in the Matrix, and this could all just right, be. Right, right, right. <laughs> just be hearing this coming oh, echoing through your pod walls now you've upset me that's, <gasps> the no, no. podcast coming through a pod coincidence I think. <laughs> anyway back to this story <laughs> god greg so distracting so so we found i found three right now at the time we were in lockdown we were in perth we were all working from home so all our communication was through slack so i was spending approximately 25 hours a day on slack so at this point i wrote in my slack channel Holy sharks, Batman! It's periodic because I yep. used to watch the Adam West Batman the, when the, I was a yep. six-year-old child. Batman '66 is a fantastic movie. Everyone should yes. go watch it. It's amazing. So I saw, I, I just saw this periodicity, you know, mm. this eighteen-minute repetition, and, and that's yeah. really, that's really, really unusual. Now, to sort of explain why this is unusual, because like people, people like, okay, so yeah. eighteen yeah. minutes, right? There's a lot of problems with 18 minutes. So 18 minutes is too close. Uh, it's too short a time for two stars to orbit each other. If you had two stars trying to orbit each other in 18 minutes, they just smash into each other and explode. Okay. Right. It's not stable. Right? Yeah. So you can't produce a, a, a repeating signal like that. If you've got two very compact objects like white dwarfs or mm. neutron stars or black holes, they can just about orbit each other every 18 minutes. But again, it's uh, usually when things are that close in an orbit, they're interacting in some way. They're um, going to like break up. They're going to yeah. burn up. They're going to destroy each other, rip each mm. other apart. Okay. So orbital wise, it's not stable. And if you're doing something that is spinning, mm. it's rotating. There's lots of things that rotate and therefore produce repeated signals. So one of those things is pulsars. Um, they produce repeated radio signals and those signals come in every second or two. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Or even yeah. shorter. There's, I, start, yeah, sure. I was thinking like the idea of yeah, something that's like a, a neutron star that's rotating, but they, it's like millisecond pulsar. So thousands yeah. of times a second or hundreds or yeah, it's, they're not, you don't get them at 18 minutes. This is what shocked me when I read your paper. Yeah, exactly. I was just right? like, that's the weird 18 it's minutes. Spooky. I just, it, it doesn't mean anything to me. I just, I, I can't think what it could be. Like it's really yeah. weird. It's super, super it's weird. I think it's doubly weird because the fact that we've got so accustomed as astronomers to thinking of, 
double the mass of the sun mm. contained in a volume the size yes. of a city, yeah. rotating every second. That's normal. That's Call the normal, guys. Call the normal. But if that's such a thing were to rotate once every 18 minutes, then that's yeah. terrifying and weird. No, so yes. it, so yeah. The reason it's terrifying and weird is because if you compress all of that mass into a tiny volume and then you spin it really, really quickly, mm. it produces radio waves. And the math to do that mm. was done in like the 60s. That was pretty easy By math. Hand. I know that. <laughs> I know, right? I, it's, it's trivial. I had to do that at university. Yeah. Um, but okay. It was probably a nice oh, lady a little... in a room who did all the maths, like yeah, as probably. a computer who did all the maths, like, yeah, took it in well, to help. Yeah. Of anyway. course, Pulsar's were discovered by Jocelyn Bell Burnell. Absolutely. Female yes. PhD student. Um, Working yep. for Anthony Hewish. She, she, she didn't get the Nobel Prize for it, but she probably should have. Yeah. But we won't go, yeah. we won't go there. We won't go there. We won't go there. We won't go there. Look, that's a story for another time. <laughs> that's a whole story. Yeah. So, so anyway, so, so the thing is that the reason that you've got uh, enough energy to generate radio waves is that you've got something spinning really quickly, right? You've got this engine in space that's turning over. You know, imagine turning on your car and your engine only turns over once every 18 minutes. Well, you're not <laughs> going to go very far. Mm. So the weirdest thing was that when we, this source was on, it's like the brightest thing in the sky, mm. crazy bright radio source. But to be to be repeating at this really slow rate, mm. where is it getting the energy from? Yeah. So this was immediately like once we realized, oh my goodness, periodic. Can, yeah. So I can ask a question then. Um, it, it could it could it, it is does the physics mean that it could have been a a second pulsar, like once a second or something like that, and it's just slowed down to eighteen minutes? Has enough time passed in the universe for that to be a possibility? Yes. Because pulsars can actually be slowed down by different things. They don't just uh, slowly, they don't always just slow down and spin. Like radiate all their energy isolation. away. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, radiate, and, and radiate away in isolation. <laughs> things can fall onto them. Like okay. it's called fallback accretion and basically slow them down. Okay. So that could happen. And indeed, that is a really good theory as to mm. what could have been happening here. And that I'll sort of, well, oh, that's oh, where we I get just... onto the actual, uh, the yes. actual interpretation of the yes. <laughs> sorry. But, uh, I'll finish the, I'll finish the detection story. Correct. So the nice thing is, right. I've got these three pulses. I was conducting a sky survey, the sky drifted past and we managed to actually catch like six pulses in a row that night. So that was wow. super across like a whole range of different frequencies. So that proved unequivocally that it was natural mm. and the super cool thing you can do if you're observing across different frequencies is that space actually slows light down a little tiny bit mm. and it slows it down preferentially if it's longer wavelength or lower frequency. Okay. So you might have seen this with pulsars or with fast radio bursts. What happens is when, when a radio signal across a wideband has come from a very large distance, the chirp kind of arrives uh, spread out over time and the mm. low frequencies arrive just that little bit later. I tried to do this in song um so basically it sounds a little bit a little bit like Ew. <laughs> right so it's like the right. high frequencies get here and then the low frequencies. right well, my, yep. i don't have a very low register so i just i just <laughs> cut out but yep. so do our observations so whatever anyway so that's really cool because we had enough frequencies that we could hear the difference see the difference between the high frequencies arriving and the low frequencies arriving mm -hmm. We also know in the direction that the, the radio waves were coming from, kind of roughly how much, um, what's the, uh, the density of space is. Okay, like right. A whole electron per cubic meter kind of <laughs> sort of <laughs> density. Nice. 
And so that means if you know that how much light is slowed down and you know the density, you can work out the distance. Ah, and right. that's okay. amazing because yeah. wow. your people have found like weird things that switch on and off in space before, mm. but never before have people gone like immediately from completely unexplained object to, and we know the distance it's, quite and it's accurately. There. And yes. it's right there. Yeah. Wow. That means this you can ask great. other people to look at it too. You can go yeah. point other instruments at it and, or go look for data elsewhere. Yeah. And also just, you can do physics, right? Mm. So, you know, it's like the, come on, what's the show? The British show with the priests. Uh, Father Ted. Father Ted. <laughs> right. Yes, they were, they were Irish, but that we'll call them Irish. British. We have to be careful about that. Ooh, sorry, goodness. sorry, Irish people. I know Irish has probably just got very angry there. Uh, my but. grandparents are Irish. That's so, it, yes. Yeah. But they're still, but yeah, Father Ted was definitely not British. <laughs> sorry, I actually haven't much watched the show, but I have watched this scene repeatedly with these cows are small, Dougal. Oh, yes. Cows are far away. Yes. And basically, you can't tell if, if something is just a brightness in the sky. If you mm. don't know how far away it is, mm. you can't tell the intrinsic power, right? It could just be a very rubbish thing that's mm. really close to you. Mm-hmm. Or it could be staggeringly, unbelievably ridiculous thing that's very far away. Listeners, this is why people always think that UFOs, I was right next to me. I was driving down the road. And it was definitely a spaceship that was a mile wide, four centimeters from my window. Because at nighttime in the dark, you don't yeah. know if that's a light that was next to you or a really bright light on the mountainside. And I say that saying I've made that mistake where I have looked out my window. This is my job is to look out of windows and see things and talk about it. And I thought my car was being tracked by something i thought it was a drone my brain went to drone not aliens because i don't you know I, anyway i don't see more drones hopefully yeah, see more drones exactly right well i can't i couldn't possibly say the other one and then it's only when i stopped the car i stopped the car on a highway in the dark and went oh it's venus it's venus for god's sakes <laughs> so you you go if and I, I thought to myself if i make that mistake and i see venus a lot and i know what it's doing in the sky when people go i definitely saw an alien spaceship you're like did you did you yeah. really? And they go, oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, he, I'm a pilot. I don't know this stuff. And you're like, are you? And look, yeah, I, I, mm, bright lights. Are, you can't tell. You just can't no. tell. And, and assuming space is even worse. It's, it's really bad. Like, there's a reason people used to think that the whole sky was just a sphere and stuff was painted on it and we were just on the inside. Like, <laughs> so much you know, easier. Unless you've got information to the contrary, it yep. looks like just everything is the same distance away. Mm-hmm. Of course, then we discovered parallax. So as the Earth moves in its orbit, mm. little things tend to just look, if they're closer, they move slightly around. And that's just because, you know, the angle that the light is coming in mm. is different depending like on covering your eye thing, orbit. left or your right yeah. eye, and then you, yeah. your vision changes. And your eyes are just the earth six months apart Mm. in its orbit. Mm. And in fact, we actually used that as well. So we were lining up, we were lined up these pulses, right? 18 Mm. minutes. And I actually Mm. used that to predict when I would see the next pulse. And I kept every time we were pointing in that direction and I predicted a pulse was there. It was there, Mm. which was amazing. Mm. And then my prediction started to go a little bit wrong. And I was like, oh, this is so weird. It's like it's changing or, or something. The pulses are arriving later or earlier than I expected and I was working with colleagues by this point you know like oh my god guys like we're all Mm. all hands on deck (laughs) Uh, my friend Sammy McSweeney so he said oh look it's been you know two months uh this thing's been on for two months Mm. the earth has moved around oh of course yes we've moved and so the pulses were coming in at a different like time because we had got closer to the source (laughs) and this was just mind-blowing like to have 
the, the, the capability of like detecting, oh, look, I've rediscovered the Earth's orbit, but like yes. using an unknown object that, you know, yeah. oh, yeah. amazing. You've proven once again, people go, how do you know this is all true? Well, actually, well, I detected actually, something four, uh, all these light years away and, and that, and that, uh, and I used its pulses to realize that we're in a circular orbit around yeah. the sun. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you didn't have that assumption, you, you the, the, the pulses don't line up. So yes. Yeah. That's really cool. That's beautiful. So we found that in the end, so the, the Murchison Wide-Field Array, right, it has a really big field of view. And so I went back through the archive. And the really cool thing is, like, other people were doing other random projects, not as important as my survey, obviously. <laughs> but occasionally, fortunately, they just happened to be pointing within, like, 30 degrees of that patch of sky. Mm. Like, the telescope is such a huge field of view that even though people were doing completely different things on completely different places, I could still find this object. Oh, wow. We were pointing at Centaurus A, which is a radio galaxy that's like 45 degrees away. And I picked up this radio source, this, this weird transient. It's so bright that I picked it up in like oh a side lobe. I wow. picked it up outside where we were actually supposed to be looking. So it's, it's brilliant, right? So I managed to go through the archive and I found um, 71 detections and they line up just so beautifully. If you correct for yep. the Earth's orbit around the sun, you get this mm-hmm. beautiful measurement. So that was in early 2018 that the mm-hmm. source was on. And as I kind of went later into like April 2018 or earlier into like 2017, I stopped finding pulses. So it got like fainter and then it switched off. So it, it was pulsing every 18 minutes for months mm. and then it went, no, I've had enough of that. And it switched yeah, off. Had, yeah. Yeah. Did it come back? Was it? Well, did... Not that I've seen. So we have. Oh my goodness. Looking. Yeah. Also. Oh, so it so, so you had like three months of detections yeah. every 18 minutes and yeah. then it went and, and, and it's then, never come back again. And then gone. Yeah. So I've looked now with like the world's most sensitive radio telescope or the Southern Hemisphere's most sensitive radio telescope. It's not there. So like down to a very, very, okay. very limit. That blows away my, my jumping the gun then. I was being all clever and going, oh, it's a pulsar that slowed down. But mm. that's, that can't be then. Right. Pulsars don't pulsars switch. Pulsars keep going. They, yeah. What, so, so what the heck? I guess that's the question. (laughs) So it's actually kind of a good thing. Okay, so it's a terrible thing in that, of course, what we wanted to do was immediately look it up, look at it with all sorts of other telescopes, right? Mm. That's what you want to do. Then you get Mm. all this cool data. Because you know where it is. You can go look there. (laughs) So that's kind of a bad thing. But the thing is, if it were a slowed down pulsar, at 18 minutes repeating, uh, like, uh, rotation period, it should not have enough energy to produce radio emission. It's it's below the death line, is what we call it. Okay. So pulsars are born young and energetic and ready to pulse, and yeah. then they get old and cynical and just go quietly <laughs> into the night. So yeah. yeah, it's pretty sad, but we call it the death line, and they all shuffle off it eventually. Okay. And so if you try and work out where this source is, it should be way below the death line. Like it wow. should. Wow. Okay. Radio so waves. Yeah. So it shouldn't be powerful enough. If it's spinning that slowly, it can't, the engine's not powerful enough for it to produce enough radio waves that you would see. Yeah. Okay. So the thing is, though, the fact that it was only on for three months mm. actually kind of implies that it had a temporary source of energy mm. that it used up and now it's gone. And so what we think happened, what we think <laughs> is that this is a magnetar. So it's a super, super, super magnetic pulsar. Yeah, and the magnet- magnetic field isn't like nice and ordered. It got all tangled up, twisted somehow. Neutron stars can have little star quakes, and even like a millimeter star quake on a neutron star is like mm. the most violently energetic event in the universe because yeah. the gravity is so strong. Right. 
and mm. the magnetic field gets all weird and it slowly untangles and detwists. And so there's like extra magnetic energy in the system and then it's relaxed. Okay. And this actually happens with known magnetars. So there's a few, there's like 30 magnetars. And they just look at quite a lot like pulsars, but they have stronger magnetic fields right. and usually more X-ray emission. And they spin once every few seconds. Mm. And usually they're not actually producing radio emission, but sometimes they get all tangly mm. and then they produce radio emission. Oh, okay. And then they stop. Okay. So that is the closest analog we have is this magnetar. The thing is that makes this source an ultra long period magnetar, mm. which was predicted to exist. There's a whole bunch of theory papers saying the universe should be littered with these things. Yeah. And all those theory papers say, but we would never see them because yeah. how would they be detectable? Y- yes. Ta-da! So, ta-da! <laughs> and you can write back and say, well, actually. Well, actually, <laughs> yeah. No, so I, I mean, I did. I gave this talk at conferences last year. I was, I, I couldn't move for invitations. You know, I'd give a talk yep. at a conference and then five people would say, can you give a seminar at my institute? And I give the seminars and they say, you should really talk about this, co- at this, this conference that's coming up. <laughs> so I just, I spent like the whole last six months of 2021 giving talks about yep. this, this source. Which was really interesting, actually, because this came up in another interview. It's it's simultaneously like really heartwarming that mm. nobody leaked it, right? Yes. Like nobody yeah. jumped on it and and stole it. That's yeah. so cool. But I also often say, like, you know, a good reason you can't believe in conspiracy theories is because it would be impossible to get scientists to all <laughs> act yeah, to in keep... concert to keep yes. information hidden. Yeah. And yet somehow they did. So, oh, no. But maybe, um... but maybe also in that case, they, it's not, if it was still happening, someone might have snuck off mm. and, and looked. But you, you wouldn't, it's not there. It's you won't there. find it. And yeah. they're like, well, quickly check that. Yeah, it's not there, but that's the end of that. Yeah, and I, like, I imagine yeah. people did check. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing but, to see. And there's nothing to see. So therefore they can't steal it out from under you because yeah, exactly. you kind of got there first. You, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> I'm used to working with things that evolve on millions of years timescales. Yeah. So normally I don't worry about this stuff, but my colleagues were like, oh my goodness, you found a transient, possibly the most exciting transient ever discovered at low frequencies. <laughs> you shouldn't tell anybody where it is. And I'm like, oh, mm. I kind of did at like all these conferences and everyone was like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. I believe in open science. Yeah, that's a, that'll never, you'll never make your millions with a journal if you are, if you. <laughs> just called it HW1 or something. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. And pointed somewhere like else. That. You, but in the, it, we'll put the, I'll put the uh, media release in the show notes as well. But I, what I love about your media release when I was having a look through is that unlike most of these things where it says, I found a thing, it did a thing. And you go, great. And you learn about it. You've actually gone and it's there. And you point out in the night sky yeah. exactly where it is. And I really, really like that. And uh, in, well, fact, in fact, I'm going to use it as on the, uh, a, a silhouetted version uh, on the, um, for, for the thumbnail for the, for the podcast. For the, the, no one know what it is, but when they listen to this part, they'll know oh, why I did oh, that right. thing. That's the location Excellent. of this discovery. You've made it this far. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's you right. get the bonus linkage that holds the whole thing together. Can I just, can I just try and, <laughs> I'll put it into layperson's terms so, just so I can understand this. So this is a neutron star. So it's, it's the, it's the corpse of a supernova. It's collapsed down. It's neutrons all crushed together. It's the mass of the sun or bigger, but compressed into something the size of a city. 
So yeah. it's like a couple, it's when I say like it's 20 kilometers across or something yeah. like that, it, it's small, it's really but it's got, it, but it's something of the sun is much bigger than that, obviously, but all that mass is pushed in. It's more mainly neutrons. It's spinning crazily and, and producing radio waves. That's what we call pulsar, but this is different. It's even more magnetic. So it's a magnetar and it's a magnetar for some reason, maybe due to a star quake that it produced enough energy to start producing enough radio waves on an 18 minute scale. Yeah, so the 18 minutes is how quickly it's rotating. Right. And I guess something that's hard to bring across through the medium of radio (laughs) is that if you imagine like a lighthouse beam kind of coming out the top of one of these things, like a beam, Mm. and as it spins, the beam sweeps across your eyes that's when you get the pulse of radio and then it it goes all the way around and it comes back and then it pulses across you again and so that's why we call them pulsars but actually the beam is continuous Mm -hmm. it's just an artifact of when it lines up with us we we see see the pulsar there may be a lot of this is a whole side thing and i just thought this then there's probably a lot of other pulsars that we can't see because they don't sweep past us sweep past us yeah and the the famous and they're too small they're 20 kilometers across so you're not going to see them and the beam can be quite tight as well so there was this famous uh, pulsar system called the double pulsar which was discovered by my summer project supervisors um uh i've come i've come full (laughs) circle and i'm now summer project oh Come on down to this. Come on down to the summer project. Sounds like a band, though, doesn't it? (laughs) Playing at the castle. But then, yes, it's like (laughs) the summer project is. You go look. I'm doing really well, but I I want to branch out by myself with my other friends. And and your main band's like, all right, but six months, then we got to put it. We got to go. tour again all right just a summer project a summer be, project. be good like the postal service it sort of reminds me of that name anyway <laughs> double pulsar system mm. two pulsars orbiting each other and that is incredible right because you've got like this really intense gravitational system with beams of radio waves and they use that to measure general relativity to like this unbelievable precision fantastic mm. but one of the pulsars has now processed like the the rotation also has a procession to it and the beam no longer points at us so you can't do that anymore so not only do pulsars like there are lots more that we can't see Mm. the ones that we can see can sometimes process out of the line of sight that's yeah okay so this thing did it could it have processed out weirdly out of sight maybe it is still pulsing so maybe is that a possible so so maybe i think it actually adds more complications because it's very hard to get something to process in three months Mm. it should process in like ten thousand years (laughs) right okay Um, right so it it, it shouldn't take it shouldn't take that short time also it should come back again but maybe it will Maybe, maybe it will. Maybe maybe, maybe it's processing all the way down and all the way down. I'm using my hand. The, the yeah, audience yeah. can't see it's this. And it's pointing. It's pointing <laughs> the wrong direction. And in a hundred years' time, it comes on again. Is that yeah, possible? Yeah. Could it switch I, on in a year or two years, ten years, a hundred years? Is that? I mean, frankly, that... Greg, it could do anything because yes, okay, we, that, sure. the ultra long period magnetar thing is just the best working theory. Yeah, right. It's the yeah. best thing that we have in our kind of arsenal of predicted objects that fits the data. But that doesn't mean that it is definitely an ultra long period magnetar. So it could be something completely different. And I love that, right? Like mm, I, the universe yeah. can still surprise us with things. Absolutely. That's so great. I so, like to think yeah. that in, I like thinking like in a hundred years time, there's going to be another, another young scientist and she's working on something and she's going to discover this thing in the sky and go, Oh my God, I've discovered this transit, this long period transient and realize it's the same one that you discovered. <laughs> And then it'll be like mind blowing. That'll change everything again, wouldn't it? I'm really hoping it doesn't take that long. So (laughs) what I'm 
what I'm doing now is I'm using the MWA. Well, I've, I've proposed to use the MWA mm. to look at the galaxy every night for a while, like every week for sure. about six months. And just I'm somehow going to stay on top of that data. Uh, it, it only took us two years to get to processing the 2018 observations. So I'm that sure was 24 can, hours of data to begin yeah, with. Yeah, I know. I'm sure I can deal with like a weekly monitoring campaign. It's going to be amazing. And you see, the, the main problem with like trying to understand this object that we found was that it was off by the time we found it. Mm, so mm. now we really need to find these things while they're still on. Mm. And then as soon as we find it, we start pointing at other telescopes at it. And that's how you actually you know, figure out what these things are. Uh, and and wow. this is, this is like true for fast radio bursts, right? So they had one, then there's like a 10 year gap that it took them to find another one. Yeah. And then the real key thing when they, you know, actually were able to localize them, they were able to say where on the sky they were coming from, are they coming from these other galaxies, where in the galaxy they're coming from. That's kind of the key advance you need. And so for us, it's all about like being able to follow these things up quickly while they're still on and, you know, can figure it out from there. It's it's I'm I'm super excited. Thank you very much, Doctor Natasha, for sharing this. I do you have a name for this? Is it like are you calling it the the Hurley Walker Star or something like that? Or is it what do you, is it does it get a cool name yet? Right. So the International Astronomical Union sets the naming conventions. For right. Yeah. And so you I, get to choose something, or you get to help, or well, the problem is that you've got to uh, you've got to follow these really specific naming conventions, and there's two ways of doing it. You always name things after the sky survey in which mm. they were found, or the instrument that they were found with, okay. depending on what kind of feels more appropriate for the project. And either a number, which is just the number that of of those kinds of source that was found in that survey, mm. or the position on the sky. And as I've previously mentioned, I'm not really used to keeping things secret. So I named it after the position on the sky. Right. So it, it has the very, very unedifying and long and irritating name of Gleam XJ 162757 59.5 52 3504.3. Coordinates. Tongue. Yeah. So I just call it the source, the which s- sounds really like I like it, you know? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's intimidating. That's- Do you want to talk at all about public reaction? Oh, yes, please. Yes, absolutely. I didn't even think about that. Yes, I'd yeah, love to do that. Yes, We alluded okay. to it a couple of times. Please, I'd love to know all about the, how the public dealt with it. I'm sure they dealt with it rationally. Oh, and, it's uh, been great. <laughs> <laughs> and you're very open, I've noticed. You're unlike many scientists who just seem to ignore it or don't. You seem to interact. And very kindly, I always find uh, when you, on Twitter and things like that, where you have a lot more time for madness than I would, I must admit. I just feel so sorry for people who have this mystery right haven't you ever had a mystery in your life where you've been like I just I just want to know I just (laughs) need to understand and these people often they've been emailing people Mm. for years Mm. right I there's this woman in Spain she saw a light in the sky in like Mm. 2013 and she's emailed all sorts of experts all across the world about what is this thing that I saw it was bright in the sky then it went yellow then it went red I thought it was moving around was it a UFO and everyone just ignored her yeah. And I replied, she you know, asked that question to me. And I was like, I did a bit of research. I was like, I think you've seen a weather balloon. Mm. Okay, so mm-hmm. was it was it evening when you saw it? She's like, yeah, it's 7 p.m. I'm like, okay, so it's sunset for you, but weather balloons are really, really high up in the sky. Mm-hmm. So the sun is still on the weather balloon. So it's white. And then the sun sets for the weather balloon. So it goes yellow and then uh, red. And then yeah. it goes black and it disappears. And meanwhile, that takes an hour or two. 
Mm. So it's moving around in the wind. Mm-hmm. That's what you've seen. She was just unbelievably grateful. It was very <laughs> sweet, right? Yeah. And there's people like that all over the world. I've seen so many weather balloons. <laughs> I didn't know what weather balloons looked like. Now I know what weather balloons look like in great detail from yep. like mobile phones and like yep. <laughs> drones and, and like, you know, just really blurry photos so many weather balloons so there's a lot of people out there who seized on this and went you know you can help me explain this and Mm. every almost every person i've replied saying that's a weather balloon or that's Mm. lens flare has been really calm about it like thank you so much i've really been wondering only one person got really shirty with me um was like no i think you'll find your your mind isn't open enough this is clearly (laughs) aliens trying to communicate with me and i'm like it's clearly lens flare But I agree not to speak of this again. Yep. <laughs> and there was actually kind of a slightly scary. I got a call on my work office mm-hmm. from like an actual phone number oh. in the United States. Which is, which is weird enough in this day and age. Anyway, I no know, one, right? What's like a lunatic a rings people? Like, it's so like, weird. It's so like, weird. How much it? money does he have? Just I don't text, even know how much these things cost nowadays. Just text them. Just text <laughs> each other. Like, it's what you do. Get an email. Get an email. Website. Go on Discord. Like, it's like, what are you doing, you yeah. lunatics? Like, I have 18 different ways of contacting yes. me, and none of them are calling my office phone. That's, that's, um, so, yeah, he 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 would not get off the line. Mm. And I was a little bit, you know, you, you, I have never actually had any really, like, harassment or any kind of mm. problems like that in academia. But it was, I was like, how am I in an office on the other side of the planet? And I feel vaguely unsafe about this. It's <laughs> a bit strange. Yeah. So that was a bit weird. But so it's so lots and lots of aliens folks, quite a few numerology folks. So a lot of people reached out to me saying 18 minutes, yeah. 18 minutes is important because if you go to the Mayan codex and you go to the 18th and you do, and you do this and you do this mm. and you do this and you do this. And then I write back to them and say, 18 minutes is a simplification we used in the press release. It's actually 1,091.5 seconds, plus or minus this very long <laughs> number. Eh, 18 has nothing to do with it. And, yeah. and, and of course, minutes are a human yes. construct. Seconds yeah. are a human construct. Decimal system is a human construct. Like, yep. yeah. none of this is meaningful to, yep. to anyone. I find it harder <laughs> to reply to those people. You know, like, it's, it's like, no, everything that you've said isn't even wrong. Um, that's yeah. just sad. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, quite a few numerologists. Yeah, obviously lots of journalists. Mm-hmm. I had the most ridiculous 48 hours on TV, <laughs> on radio, on, on everything prepared. Mm-hmm. Last time I did media, it was all like, come into the studio, we'll film you, you look into a camera and we'll film you or we'll come to you. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, it's all Zoom links. Yes, Zoom it was like, yeah, we'll just do it from your house. It's fine. Yeah, 3 a.m. I'm like, no what because everyone's all over the world and yes. they can just say you either take this interview or we don't yeah. cover it you don't talk to the bbc or something like yeah, that. Well, so, yeah, they, yeah they're pretty good they're pretty good you know it's like but 7 a.m starts mm. and going on till like 11 p.m mm. so oh, i was pretty wrecked and yeah it's a really a really short sharp news cycle as well so it's pretty that's exciting. the exciting you, you've just been living the exciting life of the podcast i'd like to point out that's oh, really? the that's the exciting when you're when you're in the height of uh podcasting like i am then uh you end especially and you live in australia especially in perth western australia when you want to talk to the rest of the planet it, no one's on your time i love it when someone's in japan because normally i'm like yay japan or china yay. oh thank god yeah. everyone else nope <laughs> no not even our own east coast no no they're definitely like, not right love. so we'll see you at 6 a.m i'm yeah. like oh uh, you know. and they mean 6 a.m sydney time yes oh! 
yeah it, it's, it's it's like no it's 3 and 3 a.m for us you swine no, i know yes just, just so, brutal just yeah. brutal uh yeah so so the public reaction that generally people were just very very excited about this like i it was so nice and actually there's kind of a funny thing um so you know the movie don't look up yes like that came out like a couple of weeks before our story broke and there are some really weird parallels between <laughs> us and the movie so oh. I'm the senior scientist, I guess, mm-hmm. although I have published more recently and I'm not in a community college or whatever, but you know, <laughs> yep. I, I'm a little bit yep. doing a bit better than, than Leo, but <laughs> yeah. And I was supervising a student who was mm. looking at the differences between objects. And so, you know, mm-hmm. saw something that changed. The genders are swapped uh, mm-hmm. and I didn't go completely lunatic in yeah, my yep, 48 yep. hours of fame. And also at every opportunity, I made sure that Tyrone had the opportunity to speak and, you know, have that, have that media yep. coverage if you, if you wanted it but yeah a lot of people were like in fact i i, I dialed in one tv show in singapore mm. and they actually just played like a whole couple of minutes of don't look up <laughs> which is not great because that means spoilers but things don't end well in that uh, movie oh yeah but yeah. i i guess i guess it's topical <laughs> yes for various yeah. reasons it's space, uh, space i guess yeah that's the thing changing in the sky yeah uh, we're trying to tell people about it but not mm. in an air of panic i mean that's luckily no. that's where the similarities end oh yeah. except for the people who i've got emails from telling me that we're all gonna die because this is what did yuri geller call it some signs of an alien invasion or something oh, really yuri like, geller about oh. your discovery yeah the spoon bending guy yeah he wow he says this is evidence of a uh, alien invasion oh, oh, you can google and, it and he's never been he's never been wrong before so you oh. know um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway i'll have to like update my disguise because clearly the lizard is showing through <laughs> yeah so so it's been it's been interesting and that was those were some fun parallels and uh so yeah we got a lot of coverage and uh yeah i'm just looking forward to finding more you know keep, solve keep the mystery more. fantastic Thank you, Dr. Natasha Hurley-Walker, for spending this time and chatting because I'm really excited by this. I hope the listeners understand this. This People sometimes think the science is done or it's a big book with stuff in it, but this goes through. There's real stuff happening in real time, and it's surprising even to the talented people who work in this field. So thank you very much for giving some time uh, to share it with us. Thanks, Greg. It was great to be here. Well, that was a very well-told surprising and interesting thing that she discovered. I was really, really excited because that's, it's very rare. I said it in the interview. It's very rare that something new is discovered and to actually find something so strange and so weird, just hidden in data. I was super, super shocked. Uh, and I just love that story. You know what else I was shocked about, Dan? What's that? How quiet you were the whole time. I think, I think you've learned your lesson. I think that, that you just sat there and after the introduction you realize that maybe you just let me take knowledgeable the now it's good 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 yeah. so, so relaxed good excellent oh and you know what helped me relax mm-hmm. oh, i got some of this oh mm. <laughs> what's it looks like mm. pee is it pee is it pee ah it's not pee it, it's really good whiskey oh there you go mm. you're really good whiskey. <laughs> <clears throat> you've broken into my you've broken into my queensland stash yeah. Okay, so, so yeah. that doesn't... It's really good. Although this one needs more ice cubes. Oh, God damn it. Oh, that, 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 no, that's fine. That's all right. It's, it, I don't mind. You, you, <laughs> you can add water to whiskey. It's fine. You're, you're a stronger man than I. Not for long. <laughs> so, so you're, but I have to be strong, Gregoire. You're podcast drinking. This is new. I've never had seen this before. It's been a week, Greg. Has it? Let me tell you about the week in science that I've had. <laughs> Usually I prep these. This time, 
the only way I've prepped is two sips of this stuff, which has already gone to my head. You're right. This stuff is amazing. Basically, a pan-galactic gargle blaster. It really is. Right. You are just right. smashing your brain open. With that reference. I don't know whether you know this about Australia, Greg, but it is... <laughs> Poetically speaking, the land of sweeping plains. Mm, mm. Rugged mountain also, ranges. Yep. Also drought and flooding rains. Absolutely. Dorothea McKellar. Also, Thank you. Yes. Also something called a rain bomb. <laughs> Do you know what a rain bomb is, Greg? Uh, look, I'm going to guess that it's nothing good. <laughs> a cloud gets on top of you and then it just drops all its all <laughs> over you. And that's a rain bomb. Mm. Now, we didn't have one of them. In, in Brisbane, a rain bomb was too small for it. We, we, we had basically what was called rain napalm. We had something called a river in the sky. Oh, my God. Which is also a thing that can happen. Oh, my God. And that's not where rivers are supposed to go, Greg. No. So our dam levels were 55%. Mm, tons of water. How much more do you need? Goodness me. Oh, look. It's there a, was enough. It's half a bath while. each. You just have to... But, like, look, it would be nice to bump that up a little bit. Because sure. it's been coming down for several years. Mm-hmm. And then this river in the sky came in. And it moved from 55% to 180% of all dams, <laughs> yep. mm. Which, mm. which which is not a good play- thing for dams. Dams have extra space so that they don't fall over. So they had to release the dams, which filled up our Brisbane River again, and it flooded a bunch of people. Not as bad as 2011, where we were living on a hill, but... Because all this rain didn't just hit the dams, it hit everywhere. For several days, it flooded every creek in Brisbane. And it flooded our creek in Brisbane. And even though we're the highest point in our neighbourhood, it flooded 20 centimetres of water through our house. Oh, my goodness. Now, 20 centimetres of water... Isn't really 20 centimetres of water when Mm. it's come through a lot of creeks. Mm -hmm. It's 20 centimetres of water and mud Mm. and faeces and farm runoff and heavy minerals. And that stuff is an unwelcome visitor in a nice household. You know what what it would have been good for back in the day, like before humans sort of started building wonderful houses, this is what made ground amazing. Like this, over time, it builds up all the minerals and and, and, and all that feces and everything is great. And and, and that land becomes fertile and wonderful and layer upon layer. That's why civilizations build like Nile and and the Tigris and around there built around these flooding areas because it's what you need it. You need it every year. You don't need it. A nice river delta for agriculture. Absolutely. near earthquake zones for for minerals. Yep, there you go. But you don't need it for your lovely house. I think eight of the ten biggest cities in the world are on crazy volcanic sort of places. Yeah, Yeah, we do. Because that's where you get all the lead and the gold and the copper and the lithium and the the tungsten. As as the volcanoes vomit out all their bounty on you. Yep. Mm. So you had basically your house is covered in mud and slime and horror and, mm-hmm. and as in inside the house, not just outside. Inside the house, oh, yes. Oh god. Okay. You filled up my my PC, which I keep on the floor. Oh no. Okay, and that's where the smart enough no yes. sound effects are. Oh no. But I luckily I backed them up on a NAS drive, mm. which has which is a failure. Which if any of those drives die, I can just replace them. It's all safe. Mm-hmm. 
if all of those drives go underwater, the whole thing stops. Oh, no. So that happened. Oh. <laughs> so thankfully, I buggered off to Scotland several years ago. Mm-hmm. Listeners might remember, I took two months off the podcast and I emailed all those files to Greg. Mm-hmm. And so those were safe. So I don't have to redo the crypto zoom. Oh, oh, thank God for that. Although I may have lost, uh, let's put everything into a rat. <laughs> I don't know whether we'll ever be able to do that segment uh, again. Okay. That's one of our most popular segments too. The oh. tail end of this podcast is going to be loosey-goosey, listeners. <laughs> he's definitely he's taking another sip of the waters of life at this point. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. Ooh. 40% pure alcohol. Usually I have light beer. <laughs> It's, it was insane about, I mean, I'm watching it from here in the Western Australian side of the country and yeah, East Coast of Australia with Brisbane and the winter Lismore and down to Sydney even. It's just flooded. The whole place just flooded. It was like an equal opportunity flood. Oh yeah. Everywhere in Australia had flood warnings. Yeah. Western Australia Nothing. had flood warnings. What? Did we? I think, didn't you have flood warnings in the, in the North? No, no, not West? Oh, not that I know of, but maybe I missed that. Maybe I'm not aware of them, but I don't, I didn't hear about them, but that's, there is like seven people up there and a, and a dog called Colin sort of thing. So like, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty. It's Colin okay? Colin's fine. I think he just, he doggy paddles. Oh. It's all good. I, I, I'm going to get in deep trouble for saying that because people up there live up there are passionate people who love where they live, but it's, there's not a lot of people up there. Uh, hmm. But it was mainly, it was just horror unfold. And then getting messages from my parents going, our house never flooded. They've lived there for decades. Even in the 1974 floods, which were huge hmm. floods, their house didn't flood. There's nowhere near a river. Why would it flood? They had water. They had 10 centimeters of water go through their area. And it's, once again, it's just because the water just la- landed everywhere. The ground is saturated. It has to go somewhere. All the runoff from the roofs and the roads and the sewer systems hmm. and the storm runoff has to go somewhere. And so it just goes downhill, baby. Hmm. And it goes through your house. And, of course, uh, as we discussed in a previous podcast, we've covered so much of the world with bitumen and concrete that it can't absorb into that. So there's all these lovely absorption places that there's no longer a place to absorb. But this was a special thing. This river in the sky thing, this was like a... They calculate it's like a one in 2,000 year event. So, but, but, but four years ago, we had a one in 100 year event. And then six years before that, we had another one in 100 year event. So I don't know what's changed. Yeah. I don't know what <laughs> may have changed. Like they, they, oh, this is a 50 year flood and this one's a 30 year flood. Yeah, that different to the other one. This is a 10 year flood. This pandemic is one in a hundred years. And you're like, yeah, I wonder what's changing in this world. I wonder what's, um, I wonder what's mm. leading to it all. All these politicians scratching their head and looking confused as they take another backhander from coal and fossil fuel industry. I wonder what that is. You riled me up, Dan, because all the stuff that's going on in Europe and, and, you know, Russia being a pack of sh- and then now everyone's like, yeah, well, we have to. What we're really worried about is the petrol pump. And I went, here we are again, worried about this friggin' slime we take from the ground. And everyone's like, oh, hang on a minute, we can't be friends with Russia anymore. So maybe we have to be friends with the murderous people in Saudi Arabia, allegedly, and the horrible stuff they do, or the Venezuelan autocrats. And you're like. The only reason we want to talk to these people is they have this black slime and you go, you know that there is a nuclear fusion source that we could be using and we don't have to then work with autocrats to run our goddamn civilization. I'm waving my hand. Sorry. Your house flooded. I'm sorry. Well, do you, uh, t- tell you what, I mean, the, the petroleum prices have gone through the roof here. Yeah. Do you know how much the wind and solar prices have gone up here? How much? 
zero. <laughs> They've gone up <laughs> exactly. zero. A war uh, in a place full, filled with oil has no effect on solar and wind. Isn't, isn't that weird? That's right. And now people are pointing out, they're going, oh, well, actually, this is a really good thing for Russia because uh, oil barrels, last time I checked, was $140 a barrel. I once heard a thing saying that if it ever gets above $100, they're taking the piss. Basically, this should be at $30 a barrel. 30 bucks a barrel. And, and we're not experts. It's not what we do. 140 is just... We are definitely not experts. No, no. It just... Sorry. I just... I can't... And, and, and everyone looks confused. And you're like, this is a one in a hundred year event that we keep having. Tell you what, though. Mm. The whole, <laughs> like, driving back and forth, I keep seeing these new big uh, billboards going up for all of the new electric cars. Volvo's got a new electric car, and Nissan, uh, Nissan's had one for a while, and there was another one. I saw. I'm like, oh, here it goes, here it goes. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. Not here, not no, here in Australia, no, no, obviously. No. We're going to get a car that runs on coal yep. before we get an electric car. <laughs> You're just going to have a shovel in. It's going to look like a steam train oh, out the front. That's, that's pretty cool. Oh, steampunk car. Actually, I'm all, I'm all for that. I'm sorry, environment. You have to go now. As long as I get to wear a monocle. Oh, look, I'm, I'm, I don't care about the environment anymore. I'm just going to chuck in the street i'm gonna to pour acid down in my drains my god you, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna walk anywhere you like Ty, I'm gonna, you sound like tyler durden now like you sound like you're well it, it's do you see what the environment did to oh. me <laughs> you, you think i'm gonna be kind back in where that i was so nice all these years came down f-ed up my whole world the great I'm, <laughs> I'm not ooh, i feel like i'm victim blaming now but let's just say that Aggregately, we have been kicking Lady Environment right in the took us for quite a few years, and she's turned round and kicked us back. And it's just lashed out at me. <laughs> she, maybe me she's a listener. Home. Maybe she's a listener. And she took it personally or something. Hey, we've tried. Oh, Mother actually, Nature. No, that's true. Yep. True. Have- that I do. I do actually deserve some cup up, come up, and <laughs> if all you know about me is listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, horrified at what's happened for you. Honestly, it's terrible. And these are the things that happen around the world. And the difference is that you and I are privileged enough to have a podcast and chat about it and get it out there. This happens everywhere. Bangladesh goes underwater, monsoon seasons. Mm. There are droughts places we don't ever hear about. Look, it's a good part of the world for my house to get Yes, flooded. that's right. And I'm a, I'm a very lucky person. I mean, I could have been luckier, you can... obviously. <laughs> you can... I, 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 I probably don't need to add that addendum. Dan and the Frog Princess have gone through a lot of stuff, and this is a symbol of an ongoing global catastrophe that is a slow-moving steam train crushing us from the toes up and we need to do something about it we and we can and i saw today that our prime minister of this country said oh well you know there's no point australia doing something because we're really not that big we're a little 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 tiny baby little tiny baby and you're like and so therefore it would make no aggregate difference now Mathematically, that may be true. I don't think so, but maybe it is. But also, be a leader. And this is not... I'm saying this to the Prime Minister. I'm sure listens to our podcast. But be a leader. But also, listeners, be a leader. That's what I'm trying to say here is, is this stuff happens and you've got to be the people to tell people, we're not going to vote for you. We're not going to pay money for your services. If you pull like this and don't help, it's, it's, it's coming down to that. You, we've all got to do something. Otherwise... Dan will be sad and drowned house, and, and I can't live with that. I have to look at his face and, and do a podcast, and it's sad. And I do it makes a, me such sad. a sad I think face. He, I think he looks very sad right now. He's giving me the I'm sad eyes. I practice. It's like a magic bullet. You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. Also, Greg at, at smartenough.org.
You know, it's been a f- week, Gregoire. You could have... I had already talked... Yeah. You know, fine. Fine. You should take it out on someone. All this aggression. <laughs> oh, that's coming. If yeah, Go to the website. Click on the buttons. The website still works. That hard drive didn't go underwater yet. So the magic of the cloud. Oh, look, I've had enough clouds in the last couple of weeks. If you'd like to support the fi- podcast financially, <laughs> you can support... Uh, go to Patreon and become a patron. Just confusing, and give us a little bit of money, or you can drop money in the tip jar, or buy shirts, all that sort of stuff. If you become a mid-tier supporter, then we'll read your name out. And thank you so much. So thank you so much to Britta Rogowski, Andrew Potts, Phil Holland, Ivand, Andrew Whitehurst, Lindsay Jenkinson, Matt Ewers, Christopher Revel, Gronya Maguire. Elizabeth Yunkin, Matthew Toy, Ilana Mitchell, and Avi Greenbury. Thank you guys all so much. One day we'll have to have a barbecue together. Maybe there can be like a Smart After Better World Tour. We can meet people in, in open locations so that I don't, or Dan, or you don't get abducted. No one gets abducted. There's no abductions. We just all meet carefully somewhere, and we all have our hands where we can see them. If any of the listeners really, really love us, they can become patrons of our top-tier level, which means that I have to abuse them. So, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to do now. Tom Siri. (laughs) Tom, you're like several trillion litres of water that ruined my beautiful home. Your trajectory is constantly downhill. Steve Eichenhout. You're like the several trillion litres of water that ruined my beautiful home. You're full of shit. Steve Stewart. You're like the several trillion litres of water that ruined my beautiful home. I wake up at night in a cold sweat thinking about how awful you are. Sean Seifkin. You're like the several trillion litres of water that ruined my beautiful home. You are so dense as to be incompressible. And finally, Mikhail Kidder. You're like the several trillion litres of water that ruined my beautiful home. One day, long in the future, I shall look back at you and be thrilled that the repercussions of the mess you made are finally behind me. So some sort of a topic there. I'm not too sure what it was, but uh, (laughs) maybe our listeners can work it out. Yeah. But I don't want to rain on your parade. I would also like to thank these five tall glasses of water, Eric Wilson, Michael Barnes, Morden O'Hare, Al Batson, and Scott Driscoll. I would also like a big send out a big thank you to some of our listeners. Al Batson was awesome. He reached out to me to offer me a PC to borrow that I refused because I am incredibly greedy and need, like, the latest of great things. Thank you, anyway, for <laughs> reaching out. Mick... Helped me with getting my electricity back on. It's not all back on. Some of it is fried. But that's all right. We've got to replace the walls before we fix the power plugs. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oof. And Scott Driscoll, who gave me a super cool tape gun thing for taping boxes up, which was actually the best thing that we ever got. Now, Greg, obviously, I've gone through a personal uh, disaster here. Yes. But um, and I'm, I'm I imagine some of the listeners are like, oh my god, what can we do? I just want to reassure people, I don't need any money from you, lovely people. I've got savings. I'm making money. I don't need to run a GoFundMe. 
I mean, we'll we'll wait and see what the insurance company says. But at the moment, I don't need my my wife is looking at me out of the corner of her eye, and I think she wants you to send me money <laughs> because. But she'll just blow it all on croissants. So don't don't listen to what she has to say. <laughs> now it sucks a lot, but it could have sucked a lot more. It's currently in the middle tier of sucking. But one thing that's nice is when people tell us stuff they like in the podcast. So I could do with like the little randomized serotonin hits of random compliments. So if you wanted to do that, I'm on Twitter. <laughs> Feel free to send me that stuff on Twitter. That would be the yeah. best. Yeah. If you want to know a bit more about the flood and its effects on me, uh, I've written about it on my personal blog over at invisiblespiders.com. Oh, I should probably thank Girl Clumsy for letting us stay at her house and drink all of your alcohol. <laughs> no problem at all. And as we always like to say, rain bomb, rain bomb, you're a <laughs> rain bomb. I just thought I'd catch up with you okay, about cool. what happened. Sure, that's and, cool. Uh, oh my god, becoming like the vlog brothers. Oh my god, it's so yeah, oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Oh my god, that's a no. I don't want to be like the vlog, but that's that. That's Hank. That's that John Green Hank, guy. Hank Green and, and John that's Green. John don't. Green guy who <laughs> who I'm not allowed to hate. Not allowed to hate John Green. Not allowed He's to a hate. National treasure. The nicest in guy on the internet. He is. Yes, that guy <laughs> in particular. Him and Tom Hanks and Mr. Rogers. He's up to something. Mr. Rogers killed someone. You know Mr. Rogers killed someone. Will you tell us a story how you've destroyed the planet? Oh, my God. Not connected oh to your work. This is separate. This is separate. Yeah. I'm, like, so eco, right? Like, mm-hmm. I ride my bike. I'm in all sustainability groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I do what I can. I'm trying to promote online conferencing. Mm-hmm. I'm part of Astronomers for Planet Earth. There are, I'm, I'm really trying, okay? Mm-hmm. I also shop at bulk stores mm-hmm. and right. I order like flour like, and like oats, right? Mm-hmm. I make a lot of porridge. I make my own muesli. Oh, that's that, how eco I am. Wow. That's pretty that's terrifying. I, I know, right? Nice. So the problem is when you buy at bulk stores, you get pantry moths. Mm-hmm. Like they come in and, you know, then they hatch and then there's moths everywhere mm-hmm. and then they eat your stuff. They're not toxic or, yeah. or dangerous. but they're protein. Just, oh, it's just like, oh, how do they, how do they, where does the protein come from? Anyway, they're eating oats. Anyway. So, so they're horrible. I just don't like them. They make me feel unwell. You got upset? Uh, I don't know. I, I, but the protein, right? Where does the protein, they're eating where oats. Did, how are they where turning? Do they get, it's, well, they're breathing in. It's like trees Trees grow by sucking carbon from the air. So I'm going to assume. Are they synthesize it's Sean. It's Sean. It's, it has to be, it's, 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 <laughs> as in it's carbon, hydrogen. Anyway, we're, we're getting off topic. We're getting off topic. Yeah, it's up, that's from the ether. I, I, I didn't finish my biochemistry degree. So I've got yeah, no well, neither. Well, neither no, but it nevertheless. Is rubbish. I don't want to eat pantry moss. Horrible. Okay. Horrible. Right. In sure. any phase of their life cycle. Okay. So we did a bit of, we were stuck in isolation recently because of COVID. We did a bit of a pantry a clear out. And because of the isolation and trying to make decisions while uh, having a six-year-old and a four-year-old on the foot, mm. I thought, oh, now would be a good time to order Tupperware to contain everything in the pantry. So mm-hmm. I did some calculations, which I'm almost certain are an order of magnitude out. That's I a- saw a deal <laughs> on Spotlight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right, oh, sorry, other Tupperware selling, sorry, other brands of plastic container selling websites are available. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I'm not the ABC, what, it's fine. Uh, you, you can say, and if Spotlight would like to uh, to yeah. give us money for this episode, we'd be Excellent. happy to take it. Because well, you're going to say nice things about them, aren't you? We are going to yeah. say such nice things because their customer service is exemplary. I there ordered 
approximately a shipping container full of Tupperware because it was available on their website, right? Mm. It said, you know, it's in stock. So okay, mm. order, yep. done. They're having a sale, done. And then for the last three days, I have had nothing but updates from every single part of Australia because mm. it looks like what's happening is every different spotlight it, all across Australia is packing one piece of <laughs> Tupperware and sending it to me. So your delivery from Spotlight Joondalup is expected to arrive on Thursday, 10th of March, but your delivery oh. from Spotlight Geelong is expected to arrive on right. Wednesday, 16th of March. Other side of the your country. delivery is being packed in Bansdale. Like I have, I just, they're on my phone and they're yep. not stopping and they oh. keep, I've just. And it's so, like one, one, one container at, at a time. They're just of, putting like. Of, a nice, some underpaid 16-year-old is running around and, and packing your one thing, stamping it and putting it in From all over the country. every spotlight in Australia. Oh so the carbon that I'm burning by this ridiculous, why it's not a misclick, like I genuinely need it. And they yes. said it was in stock, but yep. I didn't know that this is what they meant by in stock. So yep. yeah. Get, get your act together, worst. Spotlight, but please sponsor this podcast for us. <laughs> Thank you very much. That'd, that'd be lovely. Rain, rain bomb, bomb, rain, rain bomb, bomb. You're, you're my rain bomb. bomb. I told you we couldn't yeah, sing we it could, up. We really couldn't. Uh, yeah, we you, couldn't. You, you can't yeah. sing over like the country. That's what we always say. You can't sing over the country. That's what we always say. Could I be a really Australian? Then that was scary. That was fantastic. That was very Perth. Bloody Easterners ignoring Western Australia all the time. One day we're going to dig a bloody trench and just sail off to the Indian, and then you'll be sorry because yeah. you're going to take all the bloody lithium. Do we really need lithium? Oh, I think we all need, well, A, for our batteries, but also for our mental health. 